Good morning and welcome to the Black Pill Radio Show. I'm your host, Mr. Tyler, and today we have put together a wonderful panel consisting of black men who are here to discuss today's topic, which is being a black man in America during the Donald Trump presidency. On our panel, we have David Roberts. He is a spoken word artist and an actor. Next is Kenny Carter. He is the founder and president of Faith, which is an acronym for Fathers Alive in the Hood. We also have Ron Peterson, and he represents the Titus Project. And lastly, we have Steve King, and he is the founder of Complete Chocolate Couples. Later on in the broadcast, we will be joined by author and actor Amani Williams. Thank you guys for joining the panel. And my first question is for Steve King, being a black man in America and having Donald Trump as the president of the United States. Are you comfortable with this? And does having him in the Oval Office make you happy, disappointed, concerned, and or afraid? Brother Steve, how are you feeling about Mr. Trump being your president? In the beginning, I was somewhat concerned because of the obvious. Mm -hmm. But as I started to, to kind of sit back and watch things develop and watch things manifest, I started becoming a little bit excited, right? Because now we're starting to see that the whole black-white thing is a distraction, right? Racism is only a byproduct of capitalism. It's all about the money to these cats. And the real issue is a class warfare, not a racial warfare. But as long as they keep black fighting against white, we are distracted fighting against one another. We can't really see what's going on, right? So it is an opportunity because now you see white folks protesting in the street against this guy. And this is our opportunity not to segregate or isolate from them, but to join together. Because in unity, there is strength. Any dictator, any crazy guy throughout history if you look at how he operated, it was divide and conquer, right? As long as we stay, think that it's just about the black folk. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not saying that we shouldn't, you know, take care of our own, protect our own, enlighten our own, awake our own. But at the same time, we can't, we can't really have a complete agenda or get to that destination without the help of white folks who are now seeing that they are in the same boat that we are. So, <clears throat> excuse me, to go back to the original question, I'm, I'm now excited because I see an opportunity amidst all the chaos. So this question is for the entire table. If you had the opportunity to sit down with Donald Trump, one, would you want to sit down with him? And two, if you do want to sit down with him, what's one or two questions you would ask him? Hmm. Yeah. Let me be the first to answer. <laughs> nice, good. I wouldn't sit down at all. I, I decline the fact. I don't. There's nothing to talk about because I don't believe personally that his interest is in the best interest of my people. And um, you know, just judging from the history, his family lineage, and you know where they came from as far as the mindset and, and the places that um, are relevant today in regards to into, to to a racist mindset is is evident. And, and, and with the words that he spoke already, mm -hmm. um, it's evident in the history if you do your own research. And there's nothing to talk about. Right now, it's just about us. So let me hop on down. You know, you know, being an ambassador to the kingdom, and we do hold to, you know, to uh, biblical references. The Bible said, says that he will prepare a table in front of our enemies. So, you know, I mean, the circumstances would be a little different. You know, perhaps the setup would be a little different. Perhaps, perhaps the setup will be a little different, but yeah, I'll sit down, mm -hmm. you know, with uh, my enemy because I'm a believer that that uh, uh, the table will be prepared for me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think that and the brother mentioned in terms of our consciousness, we have to raise our conscious level to be able to understand when we sit down, what are we representing, you know, um, um, and how do we posture ourselves, you know, in that regard. Um, um, and when we come to the table, I mean, we're coming to the table knowing our value. We're knowing, you know, who it is that we represent, and we're really knowing who do we serve. So it's a different paradigm for me in, in terms of sitting down 
in front of the table. And if the brother chooses to, to sit down, I'd have to look at it different, different, a little differently. I mean, we got up in arms, you know, when uh, uh, the brother Steve and, 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 and you know, sat down, mm -hmm. sat down, you know, with him. But, you know, if you have an opportunity, what have you, is what do you do with the opportunity? What do you come out, you know, what do you come away with in that regard and what do you do with it? It's more important to me whether you did it or whether you didn't. Yeah, I think um, uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of in a mixture with, with the both of them. Um, oh, sorry. I'm kind of in the mixture with, with the both of them. I, I'm really interested. Yes, I would. Let me answer the question flat out. Yes, I would sit down, but I'd be giving him the side eye. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I'm going to sit down with you, but I don't really... <laughs> I think I'm, I'm kind of half, you know, anus in this whole thing. Like, eh. yeah. So, um, to uh, to answer the other part of the question, what my questions would be is out of curiosity mainly. I would want to hear from him. Uh, however long his answer would be. Number one, how does he see black people and our and and or our struggle um, from from the times of slavery up into present day? And number two, what changes does he think needs to be made? in the black community. So it'd be more of an open general question and I just want to hear from him what he would have to say. Okay. <clears throat> For me, I would only sit down with Trump if I had something to offer Trump. Right? You got to understand who he is. I respect Trump because you know who he is, you know what he's about, right? There's no shame in his game. Exactly. Right? He's not trying to like tell you one thing and do something else. Mm -mm. You know Trump. Trump is about money. Mm -hmm. He's pimping everybody so he can line his pockets. Right. That's it, right. right? And he will work with anybody who can line his pockets and help them as well. So my, my point would be, if I had something to offer Trump, I would come to the table and say, listen, Mr. Trump, this is what I have to offer you. This is what I have to give you to get to your agenda. But in return, you have to give me this for my people, the art of the deal negotiations. He's all about negotiations. I really don't think he's racist. I don't think he sees white, black. I think he sees money and he sees opportunity. And with that, if you can present him with an opportunity, then that's the way that you can get what you need. And that's capitalism at its best. That's best. So the next question would be, if we were to meet with Trump, what's our agenda as black men and for our black community? Because I asked the ladies these, this question and I didn't really, I didn't feel like I got an answer from them. Mm -hmm. So I'm asking you brothers, what's the agenda when we meet with Donald Trump? Um, I think one, uh, one, one major bullet point is the promoting of, uh, of, black, of black group economics, or at least the assistant of it, of it. I don't know if it's so much something for him as it, as it is just a, a safe goat to make sure that it actually passes through. I've heard so many stories or I've seen so many documentaries of, of black people as a collective trying to build up businesses and trying to build up our own wealth. And, and there's always been some type of a roadblock or there's been some type of iron, iron fist in regards to that being uh, pushed. So I think that that, that would be a, a main thing. Like where, where, are, where are you in regards to assisting us to getting to our um, financial ground where we need to be? So uh, let me hop in here. I, I would have a cross platform of, of issues and concern. Let's take we're sitting in, in, in a complex now using internet and his appointment uh, under uh, secretary for, uh, I believe it's uh, either FCC or, or one of the, uh, one of the, one of the uh, uh, administrative positions against the internet, you, you know, in terms of having open the open internet as it is now mm -hmm. and so i mean so i mean that would be one of the issues uh, pla uh trump comes out of a background of a development in terms of real estate uh so we're, we're talking about uh, issues as it really relates to affordable housing uh, issues as it relates to uh, you know uh, developing the urban communities so so we would sit down with with trump with a multiple platform of what our concerns would be and how we would, you know, how would we uh, uh, strategize around those concerns? Uh, for me, um, I'm in accord with Brother David, money. Give us some money and let us do what we need to do, right? So the, the, the primary request would be money and then there would be a detailed account 
of how we would disperse that money, whether it be education, whether it be housing, whether it be mental health facilities, whether it be childcare, things of that nature. But it's all about the money, in my opinion. So do we realistically think Trump's going to give people in the black community money to build up the black community? No. So we can build up black wealth? No. But you, that's but, but you just asked the question. That's just on the theory. That's the that's the theory of like, what if? You know what I mean? Right. Like, if what if was a fifth, we all be drunk in here. But that's but that's that's why. Well, <laughs> going back to the question prior, mm. I said I would need something to offer him mm-hmm. in order to get what I want. Mm-hmm. That's the art of the deal in negotiation. You have to have leverage. Right. So how do you get leverage? So okay, a lot I mean, of work I mean, I, we need right. to do. So, right. so let me think about that. So we, we elect this man president, and he represents the people. Mm-hmm. But in order for us to get stuff done with our tax dollars that he is in charge of, we have to offer him something when we walk into the room. If, well, if we I can got to be clear, um, from, from my understanding, it's the Electoral College that has the, the real say on who um, goes into office as president and vice president. Uh, the popular vote is whatever it is. It's the popular vote. So I think that what we need to do, what's always needed to be done, is to make sure that when you do meet any uh, candidate, someone running for office or someone who's definitely in office, you approach them with your amount of people and or votes or, or, or petitions or ballots, or whatever, what have you, and make sure that you have that check um, that, that's attached to that agenda and you make sure that you hold them accountable to that. If no. I can hop in here, because I didn't say yes to the, when you asked the question, you know, uh, uh, I didn't say no to whether I thought it or not. No, here's what I think. I think that we go in there with a compelling argument, that we go in there with a compelling spirit. We can change the attitude of anybody that we're sitting in front of. Always. So, they're, so I can't say I don't think he would. I think that when we go in there, we have to take it at that point. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, can, can I jump in for a second? Oh, sure, right? sure. I want us to be real. Right, we can we can and you you you, you ask the question. We voted him in. We didn't vote him in, but he's in. He's our president, right. and he's supposed to be for the people of of America. Mm-hmm. But let's be real, right? The reality is, he's for himself. He's for the one tenth of the of of the one percent. Not even the one percent. Right. The one tenth of the one percent, mm-hmm. and it's evident in his whole cabinet. Mm-hmm. Everybody's a billionaire, right? So the men, the, the first thing we have to do is stop with the fairy tales that we can go in and he's supposed to do this so he's going to do it if we yell loud enough. No, this man has been a negotiator his entire life. All he knows is how to leverage. All he knows is how to get what he wants by having leverage. So you have to play his game. game. Now, it sounds simple. There's a lot of work we need to do to come with some leverage. Mm-hmm. But again, that would be the ultimate goal. If, if I were to sit down with him, and I wouldn't any other way. If I didn't have anything to offer, if I was just going in there to say, Trump, you need to do this and you need to do that. You're treating black people bad. You know, you should be in timeout, all that. That is, I'm wasting my wasting time. time. Right. I am wasting my time. This man only knows power. Mm-hmm. And leverage. So and when we leverage ourselves, mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. and again, what I'm saying is that's why I was excited. The initial question about the white folks who are now being awoken and seeing that this guy is just like crazy, mm-hmm. having them align with us mm-hmm. is leverage. Mm-hmm. Is leverage. The working class white people who now are recognizing that they are no better off than we are. Mm. Well, I mean, Although I, don't, I know I just said I want to sit down, right? <laughs> I, I, I said that that's the first thing I said, but as I'm listening, right? Nobody, nobody mentioned reparations, right? You know what I mean? Like right. nobody sitting here ripping, like mentioning reparations or even land Man. for our people. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, money is just. It's just a, an illusion, man. Like mm-hmm. it's, you can't pay a debt with a debt. That's first and foremost. We have to understand that the land cultivation and, and being able to, to to take it back to a place of Tulsa, Oklahoma, let's say. Mm-hmm. Well, you know let me, what I mean? let me like, ask you this. Oh, on, your, on your point, right? We go in, Trump, we want reparations. Mm-hmm. What do you think he's going to say? No, it's not we, it's not we want reparations. It's saying, listen, know. all of the all of the people that are with us, right, mm-hmm. white, black, whatever you with us, mm-hmm. you ain't going to work for this week. You ain't going to spend no money in this country this week. So then you 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 agree with me that you got to go in with leverage to ask for anything 
You have to have leverage. That's right. the point. And the, and, the, and the leverage right now is economic. Mm-hmm. Right now, we are the blood of this corporation. We keep this corporation moving how it's moving. Mm-hmm. Well, well, <laughs> on, on that note, right? And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, so, right. Black people are not unified enough to have any economic leverage. Right. Right. We are, we, we are so conditioned to be consumers, right? To get the next new pair of Jordans the next whatever, everybody on TV that we see, our idols are balling, right? So to try to have an economic boycott, and we've tried that before, right? It's unreal. The first thing we got to do is like really get real. We got to really understand who our people are, Mm -hmm. what their capabilities are, Mm -hmm. and work within that, right? okay? And, and, And again, personally, I don't think just the whole black power movement with nobody else is enough. We right. have we have we have we have an opportunity right now where white folks like the indentured servants back in the day, right, who started realizing that they ain't no better off than the slaves. Mm-hmm. These were white people who came over, poor white people who came over, and 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 and, and criminals who came over from Europe, mm-hmm. right, and and they had nothing, right, but the illusion that they were better than the slaves. The Wait. only uh, can I can I jump in? Don't, the only thing that does can and I'm with I'm really with everyone on this panel. Sure. The only thing that does concern me is that when I whenever I look in the past, I'm really concerned with um, us as a collective having our own needs and our own agendas, and then we bond up with another collective. The needs of that collective get met, and then we're still here sitting right. for the, with the same needs. Well, let's look at the uh, you you make a good point, mm-hmm. right? But let's look at the civil rights movement. Okay, we didn't do it by ourselves. Understood. We Understood. did it with white folks. Right. And and that was in my opinion one of the, the 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 most prominent or major accomplishments as black people in America that we we I I, I we think it's over. I think it's beautiful but, but yet we're still sitting here in the in the well past past a uh, black presidency still getting killed by cops unjustifiably. Right. That that absolutely but true. Then you're saying the civil the civil rights, right? Even <clears throat> when we had the civil rights it came about where it was the um it was the women's movement that came into play right right around the same time when they went when women women liberations so it went from all of us being together with civil rights to the division so once again it was infiltration and we totally lost the picture mm-hmm. then when you want to talk about the time of when when white people or pale people whatever you want to make call them you had a time when you had individuals such as John Brown mm-hmm. John Brown came and said, listen, I don't want no black people with me, but I will fight for you guys. I, I, I'll represent the black people, but I don't want you marching with me. I don't want you around me, but I'll do what I do for you. I, I hear what you're saying. So, so let me just jump in here. Okay, so given, given those things as issues and concerns, okay, so what do we do? What do we do in that regard to prepare ourselves for that collective mm-hmm. You know, I offer, I offer that, that even before doing that, we have to raise our conscience level. You, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned that, brother. We have, mm-hmm. to, we have to start, you know, preparing ourselves consciously, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to come to that collective so that mm-hmm. in that collective we're getting our needs, our needs right. met. Right. And so, so the spirit of, of a raised consciousness, okay. that spirit of a raised consciousness will prevail in whatever endeavor that we that we get into. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have to look beyond ourselves to a, to something that is more powerful than what we know at this point in time. Right. Right. I, and and I agree with you 100%. And on that point, <clears throat> we've been trying as black people. Yes, a level of consciousness needs to happen. But we don't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who are in a deep sleep. Mm-hmm. They took like three, four volumes, especially the younger generation, right? right? Mm-hmm. Who is hypnotized by this, this hip-hop culture, mm-hmm. which has transformed into I don't know what, because we all come from the same era, I'm right. assuming, right? When hip-hop was hip-hop, mm-hmm. right? But now, it, it, they are being programmed to self-hate, mm-hmm. right? To abuse and objectify women. So that, that in and of itself is going to take a very long time. We don't have a long time with this cat in office, right? So I think it's twofold. Yes, awaken everybody, awaken everybody, but at the same time, 
align with people who have the same interest as us mm-hmm. and move forward. Okay. All right. So we're about 30 minutes in, and we have a new guest on the panel. His name is Amani Williams. What's up, everybody? And he's a published author, actor, poet. He does it all. So he's going to be joining the panel as well. So the two questions we had through on the table was, <clears throat> one, if you could meet with Donald Trump, mm-hmm. what's one or two questions you would ask him, assuming you even wanted to meet with him? And two, if we have this meeting with him, what is our agenda? Well, that's loaded. <laughs> okay the first question um if i could meet with donald trump i mean initially i would probably say no but if i had no choice what would i ask him i would ask him specifically what his plan is because i feel that for the past year and a half however long his campaign was over 16 months or so that it was a lot of finger pointing a lot of punchlines, a lot of rhetoric a lot of just you know criticizing you know president obama president bush uh president clinton and hillary clinton you understand what i mean i feel that he's been elected and still has not given a specific plan of what he's going to do it's you know there was a lot of self congratulatory uh narcissistic crap coming out of his mouth you know what i mean and and nothing really for the greater good of america except let's make america great again but you know first off let's break that down what does make america great again mean you know that's okay that's probably what i would ask what how okay what do you mean by make america great again and two when are you going to show your tax returns straight up I I, I, want to know that because that right there will tell us what his ties are to Russia and why he's so buddy buddy with Vladimir Putin all of a sudden, you know, like, why is that like, I feel like I'm and I I can't speak for the any of you other uh, fellas and and, and young lady in the room, but I feel like I'm watching a twilight, the twilight zone. You are. I I am like, I mean, never in my life have I seen anything like this where I mean, they made sure to secure President Obama's cell phone when he got into office in 2008. Donald Trump is still tweeting from an unsecured device. Why is that? White privilege. So, so, so hey, hey, when we hey, talk about, um, Brother Steve had mentioned that a lot of people are asleep because they're taking sleeping pills and they mm-hmm. haven't taken a black pill. So with, with 30 <laughs> minutes in, and now I want to segue to some other things that are going on. So he has some... He's been in office for one month, and he's done some things. One of the things he has is the ICE and the immigration thing that he's doing where he's deporting people and detaining people. How do you guys feel about that, and does that matter to us in our community as black people? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to cut anybody off. (laughs) Um, You know what? That's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing. It's unconstitutional. It actually is against the law. Thus far, he's pretty much been allowed to do whatever he wants, which is terrifying because if you can ban Muslims, if you can ban immigrants, although he only marries immigrants, if you can ban them, what is to, what's to stop him from the police brutality that's happening to black men in the street following up what David said earlier? You understand? I, I, when he was uh, debating Hillary Clinton, one of the questions that I think it was Anderson Cooper asked him, you know, Black Lives Matter has become a big deal. What do you feel about that? And, and, and what, can, what can we do to improve the relations between people of color in this country and law enforcement? Because it's not at the best place. And Hillary Clinton gave a very thorough uh, explanation. And Donald Trump just simply shrugged it off and said, we need law and order. Well, I'll say this about the whole Black Lives Matter thing and the violence that took place. Um, has that violence happened under Trump? I'm sorry, under Obama. Yes, it did. Did Obama do anything about it? No. no. So what makes you think? So, exactly. So why would Trump be any different? And on top of that, Obama pla- passed a Blue Lives Matter law right. and didn't pass any laws that protect us as black people and right. black citizens. So I think Trump is just following the same status quo. How do we hold Trump? Uh, accountable for these things that took place during the Obama era, and Obama didn't do anything about it, and we didn't really hold Obama accountable in our community. Yeah, that's all. Before, because before we get there, um, you mentioned about immigration, things like that. Right. 
first off, this country was built on the backs of immigrants. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, forced immigrants. Yeah, forced immigrants. Forced immigrants. Mm-hmm. And you had and some immigrants that was not, not, not even here. There were natives that were here first. Right. Exactly. And they turned the natives into the slaves. Mm-hmm. And then they had forced migration mm-hmm. from Africa to the Americas here. And, and we had ancestors that put in a lot of blood, pain, sweat, and tears here. So what he's doing right now is absolutely wrong. Um, it has to be some kind of resolution, right, for, for, for this to, to really be resolved to, to a degree where it's, everybody's comfortable. And I don't think it's building a wall at this point. Mm-hmm. So um, does anybody feel like what he's doing is right? Absolutely no. not. Absolutely not. No, no. And, I, and, no. and back to Steve's point when he said in terms of building coalition, uh, uh, similarly as the Hispanic uh, uh, caucus uh, went to the IC meeting and they were closed out, there should be the, uh, the Congressional Black Caucus should be up in arms right. as well. So we got to start building those bridges with, on issues uh, uh, with other coalitions that, that, you know, that represent good things to do. So my brother said, yeah, the country is built on immig- immigrants. Yeah. But one of the things that in that that we've got to really take a look like, if it took a look at, if you're here illegal, right? Okay, we've got to do something. You have to do something. We have to collectively do something to make that right. Right. You know. Um, so change the laws. We got to. We have to address that as an issue. Mm-hmm. If you're illegal. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you violate the law. That means you violated the law. The law. So mm-hmm. something has to be done. Understand that something has to be done. Right. And so we've got to think through that process and develop a process. If you're running because, if you came here because of, 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 of issues of, of, of hunger, issues of whatever they were from your particular country, mm-hmm. we've got to be able to, you know, be able to make the, make the difference in terms of how do we handle that across the board. Right. No. And, and what the brother Steve said earlier, one of the key things we have is, is um, communication. He said we need to be unified. Mm-hmm. But in unification, there has to be communication. Absolutely. And if we're not communicating properly to a degree of understanding, not only within self, because you have to understand yourself before you start speaking right. in order for others to interpret what you're saying to be truth or some sort, some sort of resignation of, of, of a fact. It's like, we're not t- dealing with alternative facts, but... <laughs> Nobody <laughs> is. Like, right? <laughs> well, we're dealing with, you know, the, 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 just the concept of communication. And for us to unify as a people, you know, these is one of, this is one of the, um, the segues for us to communicate with one another, um, you know, via t- tuning in to Black Pill Radio Show and, 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 and really trying to stay in tune to what's going on in our community or even in tune with the individuals that, that you know, that we bring, you bring on here for guests. Because a lot of individuals here, we, you know, we, we, uh, we emanate a certain kind of energy. Mm-hmm. You know what Correct. I mean? And um, it, it's all about having that certain kind of pull and following um, that we all have here. And in order to be part of that solution, we have to continue like from not, like not only from this day, but moving forward as a people to communicate. But unification cannot happen or be achieved until we start communicating. It's just not uh, a social media thing where you're following people literally, but not right. really following with your spirit and your mind and use that um, intuition. Correct. I, I'll say um, back to the original question, right? Um, the immigration law. Um, it's important to, there's a book called The Art of War, right? Mm-hmm. And it's very, very important to, if you're gonna fight somebody, you have to understand your enemy. Right. Right, so why is Trump doing these things, right? It's not just that he's doing them and we be reactive. We have to be cerebral and say, why is he doing these things, right? Mm-hmm. The whole build a wall, it was a, it was a great selling point. If there's one thing this dude is, mm-hmm. he is, Yep. The greatest salesman mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. world. He'll sell it. Right? He has two people in his base, two types of people in his base. Be politically correct. Right? <laughs> Misinformed white folks, right? Who are like lower class, middle class, right? I want to say idiots, but I don't no, want to no, say no. idiots, right? And then extremists who, who, who have his same agenda. Radicals. Right? right? So... Make make 
the the misinformed white folks who were down in Florida at the rally yesterday, mm-hmm. like polarize how bad their lives are and become the savior, right? <sighs> Mexicans are coming in and taking your taking jobs. Taking your jobs. Mm-hmm. No. <sighs> The billionaire owner of the Fortune 500 company right. is closing down right. shops in America because it's cheaper to get his products made somewhere else. Right. Right? Automation is taking over your jobs. Mm-hmm. All these coal miners and all this stuff, right? Come on, so he, he, you got to understand your enemy. The whole, now, now everybody's vilifying Muslims and everybody in the Middle East. Why? There's an agenda there. We need to be there. Right? We need to get the oil. We need to continue the poppy seeds in Afghanistan, That's right. which, which uh, uh, produce like 85% of the heroin in the world. Right? We need to be there. There's an agenda. Okay? So as long as we can vilify this, exactly what Hitler did. Propaganda first. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, right? and don't you think, brother, right now when you're saying propaganda first, and I'm, I'm glad you touched on it, it is, it is exactly what Hitler did. So for black people here in America, we have, we 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 are being placed on the front news on the newspapers and mm-hmm. pushed it all in the tabloids right. that we that we are just such like harmful people like mm-hmm. we, we there's nothing good about us and and it's continuously being perpetuated and I mean over the years 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 so don't you think in because Hitler had an end goal and his end goal was at that particular time in Nazi Germany all of the Jews ended up on some kind of freight train yeah. and. Right, right. <clears throat> <clears throat> this is what was happening. So right now, there has to be some kind of an end game mm-hmm, to all of that this. we hitting for. For all of the situations, for, for, for just the, like this week, this week, Pat, let's talk about this week, what happened in, in the world, right? We had a young 17-year-old young boy. Mm-hmm, man, young man. Yeah. Right, young man mm-hmm. in East New York, Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. He said he had a 32 revolver on him, and they were shooting out with the police. And they found the weapon, and, and the kid was dead on a dead. Right there, they killed him. Then they also had, I think it was a football player, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Who somebody tried to rob, two people tried to rob him, and he beat the two people up. And they had him. Well Revis from the Jets. Right. Mm-hmm. And they had him looking like he's a criminal. But yeah, he's self defense. He's defending himself. Mm-hmm. Had it been somebody else, would the story have been changed? And why is this story the first story on the newspaper about him being uh, defending himself, opposed to a young 17 year old boy? That quote unquote we just vilified mm-hmm. and pushed out there so you could say all oh, these young kids need what? They need to be shot. Well, to that point, right? How do you combat that? So back to the art of war and understanding your enemy, right? I'll use a, a, a sports reference. I'm a big sports guy, right? The Patriots are the Patriots, and they're so good because they study their opponent. Mm-hmm. Their game plan is different week to week because they adjust their game plan to their opponent. And they are the best to do it. So when you understand how your opponent operates, then you figure out your plan on how to combat him. So for all of uh, we're talking about, how do we, how do we combat being vilified, right? Back to the coalition, right? Most people who they're promoting that black people are monsters have never even encountered a black, black person. person. Right, right, in right. Idaho, right. in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. All they know is what they see. Mm-hmm. So what's the best way to combat that? To collate with white folks. And let me just add to your point in terms of your, your sports reference. And they don't give up until the clock runs out. Absolutely. But even, even the, with the sports reference, the Giants and the Patriots don't play together. They play against each other. So if you put the Giants, some of the, the, the Giants inside of the Patriots team, and you give them some giant, well, Patriots uniform, are they still playing for the Giants? Yeah. Or are they just playing for the Patriots? Well, because, like, it's, it's different. You right. Know what I mean? Well, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about, again, the individual players. I understand I'm that. I'm talking about the game plan and understanding who your opponent is. Right? We have to really understand the agenda that he has and why he does the things. All right, so but you're saying, uh, you're saying opponent. Let's get this straight, right? Donald Trump? That's not an opponent. What's behind him and backing him 
is more of an opponent than anything. He's well, just a, he's just one well, of those. I, I get it, but but you know, I don't want us to get caught on the words. I'm, I'm just using the reference. Like he's the adversary, or whoever his entity is, they are the adversary. All right, we have to understand. So now, now you're saying they. Now you're saying they are the adversaries. Who's they? Trump and his team. And All whoever's right. back in Trump. All right. Who, whoever's back in Trump. We had white people, black people. We had Chinese people. We had all kind of different people vote for Trump. How can we identify an adversary? Because when you start saying they, that's just like saying, yo, it's the devil. Like, who are you referring to? So I'm, now, in I'm, order to win a war, you have to know who's, who, you, who you... Well, I, I think I identified that, at least in my opinion earlier, when I said that Trump has two types of people in his base. He has people who are really misinformed and who are looking for a leader and who have some racist instincts and, and really are mad that Obama was president for eight years and now here comes Trump and he's going to change everything and make America great again, which is really code for make America white again, right? And then he has the billionaire extremists who share his ideology. So I think we have covered, because think about it, he only got 20% of the vote in, in New York, right? right? Any educated white person, middle class, can see through his bullshit. Right. And they're not down with him. So he has people, like he said, I can shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue and I wouldn't lose any votes. They are people who just no matter what he says, no matter how many lies he gets caught in, they are just going to stick with him. Which was crazy. So, so we know that. Mm -hmm. And we also know that he has the billionaire extremists who share his ideology about let's get this money at any cost. That's the adversary, in my opinion. So let me let me ask you guys. When we talk about a coalition, who who's the coalition? Who are we as black people coalition with? And do they coalition with us on things that are important to us in our community? Hmm. So when we're getting shot dead in the streets, hmm. where's this coalition of these white women that were marching just recently? Because 53% of them voted for Donald Trump, hmm. right? So now they're complaining. But when we have issues in our community like housing, homelessness, prison, school to prison pipelines and things like that, where's this coalition of work so, with us? So the point, the, the, the point of that, if I, if I can, is that we have to have our gender on the table mm -hmm. as well so that there's a shared, you know, there, there's a shared mission, there are shared goals yes. in respect to that. But I just want to bring out a point in terms of what Steve was making in terms of time and reference. We've got to do a multiple things at the same time right. to address that, to address the, the, the issues of black on black crime. We've got to do that. We, so there's mm -hmm. more brothers like us. We've got to replicate, duplicate a hundred times the yes. brothers like us because we, 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 we have to have a multiple approach uh, uh, to, this, uh, to the strategy that we're, we're, we're dealing with because right. if we didn't shoot, then there would be no news. Right. If the brother in Chicago didn't do what he did in Chicago, there would be no news. Okay, in that regard. So we've got to, we have to, we have to, the homies on the street, we've got to deal with those. We've got to deal with those that are, that are, you know, caught into the, the issues of the public housing and all that. We've got to have a, we have to have a multiple approach at this time to address the issues that are in front of us. Well, pan, like, when, when you talk about coalition, I look at it in, in a sense of pan-Africanism, whereas we have situations like, let's say the violence that we're talking about that's taking place in regards to the police killing black people here in America. If it was a, a China man or a Japanese man that was getting murdered, what do you think Japan would have did already? Right. What do you think China would have did? The problem with us is we disassociate ourselves with Africa and act as if that's just a continent that a lot of us never even went to, but we speak of it highly because we know of our, our roots. But when it really boils down to it, it's really about finding that location, doing that, that trace of your lineage to say, all right, now you want to talk about a coalition, let's talk about economic uh, economic coalition, whereas we can find a place such as Ghana who allows, they have dual citizenship, where you might be able to go and find some kind of resources to be able to invest in, and just saying, now we got, now we have, an, now, we're, now we're forming a relationship with, with Africa, whereas we can invest. The same way the foreigners come here, and they, they have their little dailies, and they say, all right, we send all our money to Yemen, or we send all of the money to China, because now we're going to the Chinese restaurant, and then we're going to spend our, spend our money there. We don't have a place like that here. And American, Amer black Americans do not associate 
themselves or with the mindset of of Africa. Mm, we come it. from we are we are African, regardless of what dialect you may speak or whatever the case is, your skin complexion is. We're African, so when you start talking about coalition-wise, we have to get back to the the main root of our the motherland that we came from and start really reaching out and be able to form an alliance. So now we have a, a continent, a powerful continent that a have a representative come over. Well, listen, the Africans here in America, y'all need to st- you're, gonna, you're gonna stop killing our people. Mm-hmm. You it's may- not, we're not gonna ask you. We're gonna tell you because mm-hmm. it's, there's something that's already established. Correct. We, we got to come back for a whole other discussion on that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, I, I'd like to add like to that. both brothers' points, right, about the coalition and, and about you know going back to the roots, right? When you have an agenda, you have short-term goals. You have middle ground goals Mm -hmm. and you have long term -term. goals, right? right? And you have to really assess, you know, where you're going to devote your energy to first, right? When you talk about people from China and all all that stuff, right? They still have their heritage. Ours was stripped, right? Right? There's people here who don't who know nothing about Africa. So to build that back up, in my opinion, would be a long term goal, right? How think about it from World War II. With Nazis, right? It wasn't just the Americans who defeated Germany, right? We had an alliance with Great Britain, Mm -hmm. right? With uh, 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 France, with Italy, with all these other countries, right? We had an alliance. Same concept. We come to the table with our agenda, right? But we unify and have this coalition for the common cause. Like the white folks are marching against Trump too because they understand that he's not for them. All right, so you have your agenda, that's fine. We have our agenda, that's fine. Let's come together for the common agenda, for the common agenda, right? But then within that common agenda, this is what we're asking for as a result. Right. So there's some other issues going on, right? So I'm looking at the black clergy, because I know 80% of Christians oh. voted for Donald Trump. Right? <laughs> and, and, and that's a Where fact. When we, interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. It came from exit polls. Okay. So that that's something that we got to talk about with our church. We have a lot of church leaders that have been meeting with Trump, but there's I haven't seen any agendas. And then we have some of our Christian celebrities, Donnie McClurkland, um, Tina Campbell from Mary Mary, who's talking about we should pray for Donald Trump and and follow his lead. So I just want to know from a black community perspective, mm-hmm. what's going on with the church and how it relates to Donald Trump and how it helps our community or hurts our community. Okay. Um, I, oh, yeah, you jump in. Yeah. You know, I'm, 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 I'm to get that. No, me too, I have an I'm going to come here. I feel you. Okay. I am not sure if in recent decades, if the black church is the same, holds the same political weight that it used to. When you look at the times of the civil rights movement, the, the black church held a lot of weight in regards to um, knowing the needs of us as a, as a collective and, put, and pushing that forth along with, along with the prayers and, and the Bible studies and everything. There was a political status. There was a political platform. As the years have gone on and we as a people have become more assimilated, there's been um, less of a feel of uh, black solidarity and black consciousness so now that just leaves more than enough room for anybody, anybody's money, whoever has the whoever is the highest bidder, for the black church to just go along with. And I think that that's what's been going. Um, I think that's what's been going on for some for some time now. And it's not the thing that makes me um, really upset is not only the fact that that's what's going on, but there's no shame in it. Yes, that's what I see when it comes to us. Yes, see, yes. whenever it comes to black folk needing something, we can always get shafted. Our collective always gets shafted because we are so we are so different. And since we are so different, our agenda is so is so loose and generic. So whenever we have certain needs, oh, we could just push that along because they're, they're not together anyway, <laughs> w- whether it be intentional or non-intentional. And, and the black church is just really just kind of rolling along with wherever, you know, society as a whole or whomever is paying them off to go along with. And it's sad and it's sick. Let me make a distinction here, and i got to take it in a, in a spiritual level. See, there's a difference between spirituality in church. Mm-hmm. Always. Okay, so when the brother is referencing the black church and you're referencing those percentages of it, let me put it in the spiritual content. None of them ask God what to do. Okay, so you were dealing with, just like those who voted for, uh, voted for uh, Hillary Clinton. None of them asked God whether Hillary was going to win or not. And so there's a, there's a, there's a spiritual division in that building that you call the church. The church. 
See, in reality, from a biblical spiritual sense, we are the church. Mm-hmm. So I just want to make that, that distinction there. So you have men who are part of that movement who say they are Christian, mm. pastors, bishops, apostles, etc., that are acting on their own. Mm. They're not acting with the authority or the anointing of God. No. He would have told them different. No. They would have spoke different. Mm-mm. They would have negotiated different. Mm-hmm. They would have sat at the table differently. So we've got to be able to develop our consciousness to know and to see what's going on. And, and, I, and I think to, to, to just add to, that, to add to that point, there always needs to be a reminder that us as the collective are the church. It's, well, the, it's, it's, us, it's us as the congregation. Now, hopefully, the person in the pulpit is a, is a good leader that, that we can look at and listen to and say, okay, I'm riding with what so-and-so is saying. But at the same time, if so-and-so is not, we as the congregation need to also hold um, whoever is in the pulpit accountable. Exactly. One yeah, of the things that I can throw this out, a couple of years ago uh, at the Congressional Back uh, Caucus, their uh, Sunday morning uh, 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 pastors or whatever meeting, uh, Representative Maxine Waters got up and told them, every year the politicians will come in front of the church and ask for your votes, you give it to them, and you don't hold nobody accountable. No one accountable. So that tells you, she said that, that tells you what is going on inside of what they call what they call the church. I'll refer to it as the house of worship because it's different. Right. And so just to back to your, your point and everybody else's point, they got to understand the difference between spirituality and this that they call religion. religion. Can I jump in <clears throat> to your initial question? David, I feel your sentiment, right? Mm-hmm. I am totally disappointed with the leadership of the black church. Amen. Right? Um, everybody's out for themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a power struggle, mm-hmm. right? Too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Just taking the village of Harlem mm-hmm. and the amount of churches mm-hmm. that are in Harlem and, and the amount of people right, who put their faith in the leadership of their specific church. Just imagine if, if the heads of those churches could sit down and say, let's have a unified agenda. Mm-hmm. Our people will follow us. Right. There would be no more violence. There would be no more police brutality. There would be too many, too much strength in the numbers. Mm-hmm. But they can't do that because everybody wants to be in charge. There are so many churches. Forget Brooklyn. Think about Brooklyn. Just right. think about the city as a whole and the black churches. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a, it's if these group. pastors were to sit down, if they really, really, really care about the community. There would have been it, no loss of Freedom Bank. Mm. Exactly. There, there's no reason why these leaders of these congregations can't sit down and say, listen, what's going on is crazy. We need to unify. Even if we don't have the same you know, viewpoints on everything, we have a collective goal to, up, to, to build up our community. Let's sit down. Let's devise a plan. We have the people. We have the power. The power is in the numbers. But again, divide and conquer. As long as this church is on 116th Street and 7th Avenue on the downtown side, and this church is on 116th Street and, and, and 7th Avenue on the uptown side, like it's like two different worlds. Right. And they're right next to each other. And, and just to touch on the, the, the whole concept of divide and conquer, us as a people, um, as we said earlier, we have to. We are divided within ourselves, and not mm-hmm. understanding the real, the real concept of the church. Us being the churches and the temple, mm-hmm. and 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 a lot of times the thing that we have that we supposed to hold most dearly that we always hear throughout history. Oh, someone wants your soul, right? And a lot of times our soul is not as affiliated with our church because it's already gotten by whatever is on the external world. And our soul is just our mind and our emotions, right. something that, that, that's, that's really, like, you know, easy to be infiltrated mm-hmm. if you're mm-hmm. listening to the wrong music that or you're senses. watching the wrong program. Then you're swayed to a whole other area in life. So a lot of times that division happens when you become distracted from who you are, your true being. Mm-hmm. So and when we really have to uh, analyze who we are as individuals in order to implement a truth to a situation. A lot of times you can't implement who you are because you're too distracted with everything else that's going on. Who's, what's, we, we just talked about almost an hour 
about Donald Trump. And individually, I'm sure that we all have capacities as, as, as kings, that we are, royalty, to, 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 to inject change by planting a seed of wisdom. And a lot of us are not garden, gardeners. A lot of us just know how to just pluck weeds. <laughs> That's okay. You know, which is okay because it still helps. But we have to be able to have discernment in regards to the church. Mm-hmm. And when you're dealing with the church, which is your physical temple. Yourself, right. Self. You have to have discernment within self to, to even try to help somebody else. You have to be able to have that, that stability here, mind and emotion. So if you're not in control of your mind, then somebody else that's dealing with your emotions by flashing all kind of, they got you. They got you. So is this like identifying the enemy? Mm-hmm. The enemy first dwells within self. Right. Exactly. Once we conquer that, we can move on. So we got three minutes left on the show. I want to give you guys about 30 seconds each to kind of just tell me what are the next steps for us as the black community under a Trump presidency? What do we need to be doing ourselves? Okay, I think uh, one of the things we have to do, first off, this is a great start. We have to have conversations with each other and and lis- really listen to where each other is coming from. Because I feel like it, it, it gets so clouded with, well, my needs are more important than yours. Mm-hmm. You understand? What I have to deal with is so much worse. You know, that's a small thing you're complaining about. It's like we compartmentalize and we end up not listening to each other. We can't get on the same page because... It's, it's everybody's trying to be in charge. Everybody's trying to control. Mm-hmm. And it's we have to really sit at the table and listen to each other. Right. You know, and that is the start. Communication, as, as this gentleman said, is what's needed more than anything. Right. All right. So after we communicate, what do we do next? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, for, for me, it's develop those vehicles. I have a Titus project that I started born out of conversation like that. And born out of the brother said, know yourself. Knowing what God has given me in terms of being able to, being able to, to, to make a change and make a difference. So have a vehicle. Begin to develop vehicles to do that. To have the communication. Uh, bring your resources to, together under those particular vehicles, organizational structures, if you will, and to be able to effectuate the kind of change within a small community. Take it out. Well, well, definitely. Um, vehicle wise, I mean, with Fathers Alive in the Hood, we've been um putting together fatherhood support groups. Um, we we're we're trying to move throughout the city. These support groups are forums with inter interger, inter intergenerational males that we could actually um have forums to to speak about issues like this and other issues and topics that affect the community. Um, right now we're in Redfern housing projects in Far Rockaway. We're in pink houses and um. In, in East New York, Brooklyn, and we're in Queensbridge housing projects as well. And we're working on the other, other boroughs and other NYCHA developments. But however, when you said what to do, part of it is definitely communication and, and creating forums so individuals can ventilate and move forward. My mindset at this particular point in time, I'm pro-boycott. Um, I'm pro, like, shut them down. If they're not supporting us, we need to collectively get together. If we got to stand outside in front of a, a local bodega because they're selling uh K2 or whatnot mm-hmm. and, and all kind of other stuff in our communities, shut I think we need to shut them down. Mm-hmm. So the whole process is I think we need to become more economically aware, be willing to boycott and be willing to, to put, you know, to put out, to, to make that sacrifice that we may have to make during the holiday season this year. All right, Dave, quickly, 10 uh, seconds. Uh, really quick. Um, I definitely believe that we as a people <laughs> need to work on our solidarity, our collective consciousness. And alongside with that, let's always have a plan. Let's always have a destination. Ten seconds. All right. Uh, my plan is to educate um, the Harlem community on the power of the vote, the midterm vote, the local elections, right? We can't change all of America, but if we can change our community by educating our people on the power of the vote, I think we're great. Perfect. I want to thank you guys for joining the panel today. It was a wonderful discussion, and we got a lot done, and we covered a lot of different things, and I'm, I'm proud to have you guys on the panel. You did a wonderful job. I look forward to having you guys back soon, and as always, stay safe, and peace be with you.